This edition of How To Be A CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio Life doesn't always go the way you might expect. I spent all my holidays um, working in, on the farm and in fact I was going to be a, a vet. Worked out that I think I'd be better off in an office than in a, in a paddock. This is an invitation to meet Peter Flavel, a man who spent his childhood tending animals on his grandfather's farm in Australia and became CEO of Coots. I feel very, very fortunate as I walk into my office and I look down the mail towards the palace, you know, I do, I do pinch myself at times. Here's what happens when you find yourself in a position of influence, perhaps unimaginable to your younger self, and what to do with it. You know, you're about to create considerable wealth, and with wealth becomes responsibility. You sound a bit like Spider-Man's uncle there, with great power comes great responsibility. But it is true. It is true. I'm David Marlison from The Evening Standard. Thanks for joining us. Let's start with a film. Hello, Peter. Not that one! You can take a joke too far, you know. And it would cost a fortune. This is a business show. Let's start with this film. We can transform from profiting only the few to benefiting all. From concentrating wealth and power to ensuring equity. From extraction to regeneration. And from individualism to interdependence. It is not an unreachable ideal... It is the reality that we, the B Corp movement, are already building. B Corp is a movement that wants to make business a force for good. It's supported by people like former US Secretary of State Madeleine Albright and has a growing list of companies across the world who must sign up to a commitment to high social and environmental performance. Coots is one of them, the first private bank in the UK to become a member. And when we meet Peter at that famous office at 440 The Strand... That's what he wants to talk about. So, Peter, I didn't know very much about B-Core before coming into this chat, but I've been having a look around, and it is fascinating. It involves some of the most influential people and companies in the world. Look, it really is. It's a, it's a growing and it's a vibrant community. It started in the, in the States, but now it's a worldwide organisation. I think there are 4,000 B-Corps globally. There are around 500 here in the UK, growing at about 100 a year. And B Corps are businesses that balance both purpose and profit. And so they're holding themselves to the highest standards of environmental and social governance. 
and they're legally responsible because they need to change their articles of association to ensure that they are taking into account when they make decisions um, their customers, their, their staff, their workers, the communities, uh, the environment and the planet. But it's not a not-for-profit. It's delivering profit at the same time as making sure that you're balancing all these other considerations. Is that possible, though, Peter? Can you consider all of those things and still make a profit, or at least still make as large a profit as might have been possible if you weren't in B Corp? Well, that's, that's the challenge, isn't it? We believe that you, you can, that companies that are taking into account all of these other stakeholders are being better managed and better run than those that aren't. But you're also encouraging better staff because staff that have these values as part of their, their belief system are going to join you and customers as well are also going to join you. So we've had a number of clients already join us uh, as a result of being B Corp. Actually, we've also had others that were saying, well, we were wondering about whether we're going to stay with Coots because of environmental concerns. But now that you've taken this path, we're more than willing to do so. Now, it's a really tough process, by the way. The impact assessment is across five different areas. It's governance, it's staff, it's employer, clients, the environment, uh, communities. And it's not a one-off. You have to continue to improve. So you embark on a process of continuous improvement and you're reassessed every, every three years. So the first part is we're doing it because we want to hold ourselves to account. And that's the right thing to do. The second part, though, is that when most people think of Coots, David, they, they think of you know, landed estates and, and old wealth and old money. I can think of at least one client that they're probably thinking of, Peter. <laughs> Yes, well, we never confirm or deny. Um, but actually, the heart of it, us, when you get in under the bonnet, is we bank 20,000 really successful and influential entrepreneurs. That's the heart of Coots today. And so the second part of this is how do we encourage as many of our clients to join us on the journey? Because being frank, Coots being a B Corp is great for us, or important, isn't really going to move the dial in the grand scheme. A lot, let's be honest about that. But if we could get 100, 200 of our clients to join us uh, on the journey, then that starts to get some, some leverage. You were the first private bank in the UK to get B Corp status. Did you make it a priority? We had to. I've been now at the helm for nearly six years. And six years ago, we asked ourselves, what are we going to do about ESG investing, environmental social governance? So if we really want to make an impact, we've got to get ourselves right. I mean, that's important. But actually, we need to think about the way we're investing client monies. So we did client research um, and said, well, look, do you want us to invest with ESG filters? Now, three quarters of clients said that they did. A quarter said, just give us the investment returns and leave that to us. Of the three quarters that said that they did, a half wanted the same or better returns and half were prepared to give up returns. Now, the good news is we did our background work for 18 months and we convinced ourselves you could get the same or better returns by investing with ESG filters. So that's the first thing. Second thing was, well, okay, does that mean we should have a new set of green funds to run alongside our existing funds? Or should all our funds be invested with ESG filters? Now, 
a lot of asset managers go the first route and open up a new set of green or impact funds. And we said, actually, no, if we believe in this, actually, we should, all of our funds should be invested with ESG filters. So the only way that you can invest with Coots now is through these ESG filters. And so once we took that step, we said, well, actually, this is a really important piece for us. How do we hold our head high and show people that this isn't greenwashing? And that's when we came to B Corp. Now, several of our clients were already B Corp. I can't say who clients are because confidentiality. But when you, when you look at the prominent names of UK, you can assume that you know, we have a close relationship with them. Um, and so they helped us along the way. And we weren't certain we could get there because B Corps ordinarily to date smaller businesses and inherently environmentally friendly, like a you know a solar company or a recycling company. And a bank, you know, it doesn't doesn't roll off the lips pretty quickly to saying, oh, bank is a green organization. So we took ourselves two years to, to get here. So it's not something you you undertake lightly, David. It's obviously important to Coots, but I wonder though, Peter, I mean, you've worked all over the world. I think you've been on pretty much every continent. So given that and all the things you've maybe seen, is it important to you personally? Look, it is. I grew up in Adelaide in South Australia. So Australia's the driest continent and South Australia is the driest state in the driest continent. And all of my great-grandparents and grandparents were all farmers. And farming on when it doesn't rain very much <laughs> is really tough. I mean, I love going to the Cotswolds here in the UK and think, golly, this is so green. And why is it so green? Because it rains a lot. It doesn't rain a lot where I come from. <laughs> and so water was a really important resource, which I grew up actually valuing. But as you say, I've, I've lived in Asia, well, across the world, but in Asia, living in Singapore and Indonesia is across the very close and for a decent chunk of the year, you get smoke coming across from Indonesia. And what, what they've been doing is, is degrading the forests and building these farms for palm oil. But the way palm oil works is it has to be re, re, um, put into the ground every couple of years. Now, the best way to, to do it would be to go and rip it all up with a tractor and all the rest of it. The quickest way to do it is to burn the darn stuff. And they just burn the whole lot. And for three or four weeks when you're in Singapore, it's a huge issue between Singapore and Indonesia at the diplomatic level, it's like there's a bushfire. And so I've looked at and seen that when people deliberately take the shortcut, the impact on the environment can be be quite considerable. I'm wondering if that kind of thing can change though, Peter. You went to COP26 in Glasgow last year. Were others thinking like you? Was that a successful event? Just to make, it's huge, David. The COP26 was huge. And one of the, then the penny dropped on so many different things for me. But listening to Senator John Kerry, the US um, politician, very senior politician, very smart, uh, eloquent man, and he got up and said, look, I've been to most cops, but all have been failures apart from two. Paris was a success because it set the 1.5 degree target. And Glasgow is going to be a success because business and finance are in the room. Now, what, is, what does that mean? It means that the getting to net zero is not going to be delivered 
by governments and regulators alone. They have a role to play, important role to play, but that isn't going to be insufficient. Business and industry have to move and have to absolutely... And um, Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, calls it the Marshall Plan. Industries have to be rebuilt from the ground up and that's going to require a lot of financing. So you need the asset managers, you need the insurance companies, you need the pension funds, you need the banks. Uh, all of them need to, need to recognise that the capital that needs to be delivered to businesses, to the BPs and shells. Now, lots of people go, oh, BP and Shell, you know, they're the problem. Uh, they caused all this. Actually, we caused all this because of all the stuff that we consume. <laughs> and, and the stuff that we consume needs to be manufactured and the people that manufacture it need fuel and BP and Shell provide the fuel. Now, there are people that disagree with that. But I'm in the camp of saying, actually, the way to get this, one of the ways to get this sorted is BP and Shell need to be a part of the solution. They need to have a long-term plan to green their complete business. And that's not going to happen over, overnight. And I'm happy to say that Bernard Looney, the CEO at BP, who's a good friend, is very much on that, um, uh, on that path. And that's, that's a good thing. So we need to recognise that they need to be a part of the solution. So has there been a kind of irrevocable change in how businesses operate now? Yeah. And maybe has that been driven by this new generation of staff that's coming through? I think that's it's absolutely true. Certainly true of the businesses at COP. I think some of the pennies that dropped in, in COP were that the cost of inaction is now higher than, than action. And that individual companies need to action, but it's industries that need to mobilise. But you don't also don't have to be Einstein, David, to spend more than 30 seconds with younger staff joining the bank and to ask them how they think about the world. And so you also have to recognise if you're going to be relevant to a new generation of employee, wouldn't matter if you, if you disagreed. <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree with it. But if you were just being practical, you go, actually, the, the organisation needs to move this way because that's the way of future generations. Let's take a break. Afterwards, we're going to talk about how the next generation of entrepreneurs is also influencing business and what the first day of being CEO at Coots is really like. And by the way, Peter's appearing at the Evening Standards SME Expo event, which is taking place on the 25th and 26th of May at London Olympia. It's free. There are unlimited networking opportunities. Get tickets and more information at smexpo.co.uk. Back in a sec. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So we talked about how the, um, the younger generation of staff is inspiring the direction of kids, but is it also being driven by the younger generation of entrepreneurs? I mean, you're working with, I think it's 20,000 of them, as I understand it. Are they pushing you guys to move in this direction? It's push and pull, actually. So yes, it's push, and yes, there's a bit of pull from our side in educating people uh, as to the Im- importance of this. Now, we, we have long had a strong presence in the media and entertainment sectors, going right back to Thomas Coots himself, after who the bank was named, who was a trustee of the Royal Opera House. We've got a really strong business now in interactive entertainment, and most of the, the young entrepreneurs that we bring into the bank have never heard of Coots when we make contact with them, and we say, listen, you're, you're, um, you know, you're uh, about to uh, create considerable wealth, and we'd like to talk to you about uh, what you're going to do with, with the money and how you, how you think about the wealth that you're going to create. So it's a bit of push and pull, actually, Dave. So change is happening, but I guess the key thing is, can it happen fast enough? We keep hearing about these timelines and these deadlines. Is it possible to move as quickly as the planet needs us to? So let's be kind to ourselves here a little bit, but not too kind. The targets need to be out to 2030 and 2050 because that recognises the amount of work that needs to be done. It's just not physically possible to say, oh, we're going to do it in two or three years. That's just like that equation can't be solved. So the right time frame is 2030 and 2050. But you don't want to get to 2029 and go, oh, whoops, um, we've got a fair bit of work to do. So action has to start now. One of the analogies I've heard is, look, the, probably the first light bulb that Thomas Edison produced and a modern globe today look very different, don't they? So the plans that we're putting together today, I think are nascent. They're a bit woolly. They're, they're, they're subject to people saying, oh, you can't do it or prove to me that you can do it. And you go, well, actually, that's not an unfair criticism, but let's be kind to ourselves to say, if we were to say that we needed the perfect plan in place now, you probably have to wait five or 10 years to get the perfect plan. So, and we're never going to get there. So it's one of these Chinese you know, proverbs, long journey, you have to start with a small step. We need to take steps right now, recognising that probably in three years and five years, we go, actually, we could have done that a bit better three years and five years ago. But that's not a reason not to start now. So let's start now, and we will iterate and learn as we go, 
And for the, criti- the people that criticise, go, just hang on, just give us a little bit of a break here. We know the general direction that we're heading. Hold us to account, that's fine, but just recognise where we are on the, on the journey. Just to give you a flavour, say, look at long-haul shipping. Long-haul shipping can't be electrified. The, the tanker would have to be a battery and you'd have to have a plug in the middle of the Pacific and that's not going you know, to work. So probably the answer is going to be green hydrogen. Okay. Well, first of all, you've got to produce the green hydrogen. You've got to electrolyze water through solar, through hydro, manufacture the hydrogen, then get it into liquid form, put it onto a tanker, get the tanker to go to the, to the port. The port's got to be redeveloped to be able to store the green hydrogen. The green hydrogen then has to get to the tanker. Tanker's got to be a new tanker. Then you've got to do that for every port in the world. So when, when Prince Charles says it's like the Marshall Plan, it is like the Marshall Plan. Long-haul shipping has to be redeveloped from the, well, I'm going to say from the ground up, from the water up, I guess, is a better, <laughs> better way of saying, saying things. I just want to talk a little bit about your own career, Peter. I didn't know you planned to be a vet before this, but I did know that you wanted to be a barrister. In fact, you were for a while. But now you're the CEO of Coots, which has to be one of the most prestigious positions in banking. I mean, you may or may not be the Queen's bank manager. How did you get there? If you'd asked me uh, 30 years ago, Peter, would you be CEO of, of Coots Bank? That wasn't something that I would have thought was on the agenda. I've been very fortunate to have mentors along the journey who have offered me great opportunities. Every few years, every several years, something's come along where I've been fortunate enough to be offered something where I've gone, oh, that'd be a bit of fun, that'd be exciting. Generally, it's been the the riskier route, the one that is less certain than the path that one's already on. And I'm fortunate that each of those steps along the way has gone pretty well, actually. And so when I met Alison Rose, uh, Chief Executive of NatWest Group, six years ago, and she talked about Coots, I was very happy living in Singapore and thinking about, not, not thinking about coming to London. Um, and I ummed and ahed for about six months. Um, and the moment I walked through the front doors of 440 The Strand, I thought, oh, you, you should have been here six months ago. And um, I, look, I have the best job in private banking. I really do. It probably sounds like the right thing to say, but we've got a, probably, I think, the best brand in private banking across the globe. We've got a wonderful client base. We're really leading the way in B Corp and making sure that our clients understand the importance of the climate agenda. But we also want other banks and asset managers to join with us as well, because as, as I said earlier, this isn't a competitive thing. Um, we all have to, to it's just a systemic, everyone has to work on this. When you did walk into the Strand for the first time, did you feel the history there, like a weight of responsibility? I mean, when you sat down at your desk in your office for the first time, what was that like? Honestly, David, it's overwhelming. I mean, people told me prior to coming about the the culture and the history and the ethos of Coots, and it all sounded a bit marketing spin, to be honest. Aussies tend to be a bit sort of cynical about things. The moment you walk through the door, you come up the escalators, you just, you're overwhelmed by the history. And then uh, one of the first things I did was, was talk with our archivist, Tracy, who's wonderful. And she started to tell me about the history of the Coots family. Now I've become a bit of a geek on the Coots family. The Coots family history is just extraordinary. Thomas Coots, his granddaughter, Angela Burdett Coots, first baroness in her own right, queen of the poor, 
it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful story. And so we talk about being more than a bank and Coote's aura, and it's very true. That's been part of our history for 330 years. Um, I'm so fortunate each week I get to meet our clients who are just inspirational in themselves because they are the most influential and successful entrepreneurs in the UK. And if you're not inspired by them, <laughs> you'd be... T- You'd be a very difficult person to be inspired. Go to bcorporation.net to find out more about B Corp. And for the latest business news, interviews and features, check out the Evening Standards business pages, either in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk forward slash business. This has been an invitation to meet. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Let's do it again next week. Same time Monday morning. I'll see you then. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.